Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Thanks so much for being with us. We missed you last week. It was Independence Day weekend. We weren't here. The studio was moving. So those of you that hung over after uh, Motor Mouse here, you know that already. But we're in the new studio today. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? It's nice. It's still kind of, you know, work in progress, but... Um, I feel like it's going to hamper my creativity. I don't think so. Well, this, <laughs> I, I think we do need to request this monitor be moved. Not, no, it looks, no, put it a little <laughs> bit the other way. It looks great right there. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's like face is blocked by a monitor. Oh, no, no, your like, face was blocked. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I like it. It's kind of, it's going to be cool. They're going to, you know, new carpet and all that stuff once they get everything done. Yes, uh, but um, I love the view out the window here. Yeah, we, oh yeah. My gosh. we definitely have a bigger. Window. This is why we live here. Yeah, view that, of the hillside. The, Was do you have the same sensation this morning too? Driving in, it kind of felt like uh, first day of school. Kind of, yeah. Had to yeah. get there. Yeah. Didn't didn't quite know where I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I had to leave a few minutes early <laughs> yeah. and make sure I knew where my uh-huh. where I needed to be on time. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Haven't I haven't it. figured out my route quite yet. Yeah. I I actually used my Waze app this morning. Curious. I mean, obviously, I knew how to get here. Um, and for those listening, not understanding why the where we were for the last however many years was over off of South Igera mm-hmm. by the Vets Hall on Zaka Lane. Now we're over off of Sacramento. Just think the grad. Yeah, kind of near the grad. Days from the grad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Right near the boys' auto shop, right there too. Yeah, uh, Vance Auto. Yeah, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I was curious what technology says. You know how did how should you go? Where should you go? It was interesting. So I came down the grade as usual. That part wasn't a surprise. <laughs> it wanted me to get off on Marsh. I would have probably gone to Madonna. And then, you know, because then you make the right on red, left on the arrow, and then right across south, down to broad, and then over here. Um, it had me go off marsh, down south, I got left on south, and then broad the rest of the way normal. So that was kind of weird. But, uh, you know, the thing's running complicated algorithms. It knows what's fastest. Right. So I guess I would have, I would have, I would have picked differently. I let the lights dictate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a true city driver. <laughs> I had two choices. I ended up going California. Cause that left arrow turned green. Yep. Just worked out that way. Perfect. Yeah, this is a nice studio though. We've got um we don't have the egg crate stapled to the wall. We've got carpet. We've got a beautiful view of the hills back there. Yeah. This is nice. It looks great. We got all of two minutes to tour the studio, so I'm still kind of getting my bearings. Did you figure out the Wi-Fi? No. AGM slow? 
I believe so. That's what I'm trying. I mean, I'm not yet connected. I just brought yeah. the password. Forgive us, folks. We like literally just stepped into the studio for the first time about two minutes before going on the air. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of foreign, and Jim left us. So now, right. and by the way, let me also say, if you're trying to call us because you want to call, you can't call yet. There's a four two three something number that's just for today oh so when jim gets back in here he'll tell us that number again but yeah the regular call-in number did not make the move yet but then i was also curious if there was uh if the app is working are we streaming online i don't know you probably your mother probably listening right now right i i don't know she'll text you in a minute sure unless she can't hear because she's not able to stream us on the internet. Yeah. Um, so this week was another exciting week. Um, let's let's recap real quick. Um, it's actually yeah, it's been two weeks since we've been in here. It's been two weeks. So a lot's gone on. A wild two weeks too. We had that Brexit. We were just barely dealing with that. Uh, we saw the markets crash. <laughs> we had some interesting conversation about how long the markets re- remember that for as the Dow went near 17,000 again and uh, now we're back over 18,000. So it wasn't very long. Short-term <laughs> memories, very short-term memories. Um, I actually, when I logged into my, uh, I logged into some of my investment accounts and was like, ooh, don't check those. That's not looking good. Yesterday, I checked them. I was like, hey, looky there. They're back. So uh, pretty exciting. And um, yeah, so interest rates have still been pretty low. I was trying to... That's been one of the more interesting stories, I think, for the last two weeks is we see the the stock market had a, what, about a thousand point dip? And pretty much. all recovered. At the same time, the bond market... The ten-year bond yield yesterday, one threes. Yeah, yesterday it closed at one three seven. So it hasn't really moved. No, and if you really only gone lower, if you add its historical, you know, thirty-year fixed relationship, one and a half percent. So you'd take the yield of one point three seven plus one point five. That would suggest that the thirty-year fix should be two point eight seven five today. I feel like that relationship isn't. It's getting strained. It, it's not it's, applicable. It's, it's moved closer. It's moved closer lately to about a, a a two point margin, and I think it's been that way for me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's been that way since Dodd Frank. I think That's that we had some added cost of compliance. Um, again, kind of thinning of the herds and guarantee fees. You know, we've been monkeying with guarantee fees for the last few years, and. Um, I won't even explain what that is, but basically the government is causing these additional little charges in the interest rate because they're the fees are going to offset other things. And so I think that that number probably is closer to 2%, though I haven't seen anything formally published about it. So, yeah, you're looking at something closer, you know, today. Well, heck. Oh, man, I'm not online yet, Jim. Yeah. Is it AMG slow that we're supposed to be signing on to? I believe so. We should maybe take a a commercial break here a little sooner than later to work out some technical issues. I think it's AMG slow. Because I'm I'm getting an error, a Windows error. Oh, no. 
I'm not even getting an error. I just, I cut and pasted the password I was provided. Really? Okay. And it doesn't work. Huh. I wasn't provided the password yet, so um, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Could be a breach of security here, but I might just be able to read it to you over the air. I won't. Don't worry. I saw you reaching for the dump button. <laughs> Don't dump me. No one's going to come over here and rob your Wi-Fi. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't understand that, you know. Secure place. I was going to say, I'll just head over to centralcoastlending.com and look at the rate movement. And I can't go there right now because I'm having web connectivity issues. Well, well, I mean, there's no denying right now that rates are incredible. They're at four-year lows. A little more than four years. I cannot use this computer right now. So if you want to move the keyboard over. Oh. That would be interesting. Well. Try that. We'll get more specific about those rates in a minute. Um, but what it what it means basically is that this week we've been yeah. inundated at the office with a whole bunch of new refinance activity. Um, we were having some <laughs> interesting conversation in the lobby before we came in about some clients, um, and in you were kind of referencing in particular one of your family members that may or may not want to refi and it, it it's a funny thing because i was having the same conversation with one of my clients yesterday is it this this fellow did a, a refinance a year ago and took some cash out um for a variety of reasons but anyway did a loan a year ago and is considering now refinancing again and this time just for a lower payment. Just time, yeah, just to get a lower interest rate, lower payment. So, you know, what we're looking at basically is doing a no points refi where you could save a hundred bucks a month. But and costs, so, but when you're paying no points, there are still fees. There's title and escrow, yeah, there's appraisal, there's lender fees. Title escrow appraisal, underwriting, credit report recording, flood cert. I mean, it's just what I call the junk fees, and and those things are those are a part of every transaction, um, and, and this is this is a funny thing because this is where we could kind of have that talk about the difference between a, a loan where you're buying down your interest rate versus another loan where you, you might be doing a no points loan. And then lastly, there's um, what's oftentimes referred to as a no cost loan. Uh, regulators, by the way, don't love that no cost term. I really don't either. Uh, because there's a cost, <laughs> the cost is being deferred over the the life of the loan. But let me give you guys the flyby of what these are. Um, on a no points loan, you're not paying points to get a lower rate, nor are you receiving a closing cost credit for taking a higher interest rate. So no points interest rate typically means that you're going to pay some customary third-party fees, those ones we just mentioned, title, escrow, underwriting, appraisal, credit report, flood, recording, all these things. Most of those fees, by the way, those are fixed fees. So they're most of them are not going to change with the loan amount, uh, with few exceptions. So if you do a $100,000 loan or a $400,000 loan, those fees, when you add them all up, are usually about three grand. You know, maybe give or take 500 bucks, depending on that your title and escrow fee is going to swing a little bit. But um, the rest of those fees are pretty standard, right? 
So, so if you do a no points deal like this one we're talking about um, with my client yesterday, save a hundred bucks a month. It's going to cost you three thousand dollars to do it, and you've got a couple choices there. A, just roll the three grand into your loan amount. So instead of borrowing two ninety seven, you borrow three hundred. Now you don't experience any cash out of pocket. Uh, you give up a little bit of equity, and then you're saving a hundred bucks a month. That feels like savings from day one, right? Um, the other option to you would be, well, I don't want to finance my closing house. I'm just going to write a check for it. And you could do that. So instead of borrowing 300, you borrow 297, saving a hundred bucks a month. You, you outlaid a little bit of capital to make it happen. I always encourage people to look at that. Okay. So you're, you spent three grand to save a hundred bucks a month. So When's for that? 30, recovery. yeah, for 30 months, You've prepaid that interest, and and all that really means is have a pretty good level of confidence that you're going to be in this home for 40, 50, 60 months at least. So you're going to not only make back the three grand you spent by saving 100 bucks a month, but you're also going to give yourself some equal footing with the bank to save that money before you wind out and sell. So how about this sort of next scenario of doing what we call a no-cost loan where um, – the reason they call it no cost is that you're not paying your closing costs out of equity or out of cash. What you're doing is you're getting an interest rate that's slightly above market, creates a credit that will pay your closing costs. So now you might be able to refinance for no dollars out of pocket, no dollars out of equity, and instead of saving 100 bucks a month, you're saving 70 bucks a month. That's not a bad deal. I'll tell you who it's a good deal for. This is my starter home, and I know I'm only going to be in it for four years. I don't want to pay closing costs. I don't want to have those things or, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm engaged, and when we get married or something, we're going to have kids. We're going to outgrow this house. I know I'm going to go, and I'm not interested in being a landlord, so I don't have a long-term plan with this property. Let's talk about the higher rate stuff because in the end, the refinance has to do with what's the cost versus the savings. So then – at the other end of the spectrum, we see these people that they're on their third or fourth home. They finally got into San Luis Obispo. They know they're going to be here forever. This is my forever home. Sure, I'm going to remodel. I might add on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But I'm never selling this house. That guy might want to talk about doing some buy down where instead of doing a no points rate, what's it look like if you pay a point? So instead of closing costs of three grand, maybe now you have closing costs of six grand. That's a lot of cost, but it saves you 150 bucks a month or 120 bucks a month. And so you start going, well, let's evaluate that and see which one of those is the right thing to do. Um, there's not one right fit for every person, right? If it's a, it's not a one size fits all. It's one of these things where that's, that's part of why we say we're mortgage experts. Um, and by the way, for for those of you that are listening right now, when you call and say, "Hey, what's your lowest rate?" I go, "That's a trick uh, question." <laughs> and I don't want to roll my eyes at you um, because what I want is just a little bit more time. I just I because I kind of want to give you that spill. I also want you to know that you know there there's different options for you. Some of the pricing things are very unique to borrowers. It, it has to do with credit score and how much equity you have. It has to do with what kind of property you have. 
It has to do with what program you're going to be on and whether or not you need mortgage insurance. There's so much that goes into these these prices that they're very individual to begin with. And I mean, that being said, we put interest rates on the website where we're advertising kind of the, the lowest rate. Yeah. yeah. That's somebody with an impossibly good credit score, 50 plus percent equity, a single family residence, like doing everything of the best possible characteristic. Um, and so, yeah, I always just want to, if you're picking up the phone and speed dialing banks, Hey, what's your best rate? Thanks. Bye. Hey, what's your best rate? Thanks. Bye. Then when you get me, you're going to get this. Well, I, and it's not a salesmanship thing. I, I legitimately want to help you. So I want to understand what your goals are and where you're at and what we might do and, uh, figure out how to best fit you in your best financial decision. That's the goal. Yeah, when when a, the thoughts that are running through my head, there's a couple here. The first is that the consultation is very important. There's a lot of people, a lot of younger people especially, that like to do their research online. They like to apply for a loan online. They like to do the whole process without ever communicating with another human being if they could. Um, but that's not the way to do a loan because we don't know unless we talk to you what your most important goals are you know is it making sure that you don't spend a drop of your savings to do this refi is it absolutely getting the lowest payment is that your number one goal and it, it takes a conversation to understand that so that we can properly guide you and give you the right interest rate with the right fee structure um, when someone's speed dialing the different banks and just getting that lowest rate the loan officers that that placate them and just give them that rate without the consultation, they're, they're basically that caller is setting themselves up for a bait and switch or some confusion later down the line because once they actually get into the conversation, you know, after he's done his quick rate quote shopping. Oh, you didn't just, say oh, it was a condo. Oh, and I didn't realize that you had a 660 credit score. I assumed you had a 760 score. And, and oh, well, yeah, I just assumed you wanted to pay points to get the lower rate. I didn't know that your goal was to do no cost. So you kind of set yourself up for disappointment or confusion later. But if you... Um, at the same time, as a loan officer, you want to try to give that quick, direct answer... Because the more you talk, the more it feels like the person on the other end thinks you're trying to talk circles around them. Well, if you can't give me a quick, concise answer, right. you must be trying to cheat me. The somehow. trickery. Yeah, but that's not the case. It's, it's really in the mortgage business. It's about that conversation is the first part. You understand the goals and then you can provide the answers. Right. And, and you brought up a good thing that that sentiment that sometimes people get. Like you said, if you can't give me a clear and concise answer about what your lowest rate is, I'm not interested in getting caught up in your sandstorm sales pitch. That's right. why I call it the sandstorm where have you ever been in a sandstorm? Yeah, just lots coming at you. It's coming in your eyes, your ears, your nose. You can't get away from it. It's all around you. You put your hands up, do no good. Sometimes sales pitches, I feel, are that way. So yeah. much information, so many questions. And I could tell you memorized your rebuttals and you're doing your whole thing. And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't breathe right now. I need away from your sales pitch. Um, that's definitely part of it. But at the same time, even and maybe different from that is it's sort of one of those things where the client 
because they're dealing with salespeople and they've had these experiences before, if you've ever called Lending Tree, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get four loan officers sicked on you, and they it's like wasps after a steak, man. They won't leave you alone, and it's it's really, really very frustrating. And so I think part of it is that you, as a consumer, you kind of just want to – I'm not relinquishing control to you yet. Tell me what your deal is. Uh, let's get through this. But at the, for me, the other thing that I want to talk about is if you've had your loan for three years, okay, yeah, you're going to save some money this month. And if we do the cost analysis, yeah, it makes sense. You're going you're gonna to recover your initial costs in three years. And that's a good – you're going to be there for 10 and you know it. That's a good thing to do. Uh, but there's there's a bit more to it than that. Should you be in a 25 year loan? What's your income like? Are you you know expecting you, it to go up or down? If or? it's going up remarkably, should we maybe look at a 15 year option? I mean, the savings of a 15 year option is pretty impressive. You know, there's just there's so many little nuances to it that orienting yourself properly as a loan officer with a client and a client with a loan officer to just kind of do it. It's almost like when you first walk into the doctor's office, you know, how are you feeling? Well, I got this creak and that ache. And, you know, if, if you don't start and just kind of start talking about what your, what your hangups, your objectives, your goals, your, your concerns, if you don't lay any of that down and we just start talking about, just the antibiotics you're here for, for your, you know, that sore throat or something, you're sort of missing that opportunity to get some, some specialized care and really understand what you could do and why you might consider these things. And, um, I, I think it's just a great opportunity for a little, little kind of slow that part down right there. It's like, yeah, we're, and I just kind of want to tell people, yeah, we're a price leader by design. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not my primary goal at this meeting, um, whether it's on the phone or in person. I, I really want to understand how to how to get you into your best your best avenue for success and accomplishing your goals or saving money, you know, whatever. And um, so, yeah, it's hard just to get that. What's your lowest rate? Uh, do you have a minute? <laughs> My lowest rate today on a 30-year fix is 2.625. Right. The closing costs on it are $35,000 for your loan. But that's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't think anybody in their right mind is doing that. So you don't really want to know what my best rate is. You want to know what what my, what best, my best rate for you yeah, is. And, my, and our smartest financial vehicle here to work out your objectives that's that's what you want to know and that's going to just take a second i need to know a little bit about you um not everything we don't need a dna swab we like (laughs) you know we just kind of need a little bit more than just the the flyby and so anyway it's time for a commercial break jim yes some people are wanting to call right now i can sense it if, I know. So I understand we have a temporary phone number for today if if somebody does want to call. Well, I think that was Jeff that brought it. Oh, he brought his yeah. own. Yeah. So we don't even have a yeah, temporary right phone now, number. No, I'm sorry about that. So it should be hooked Wait, up on... Wait, he had people calling his cell phone? I think so. so if you guys want to do that. Oh, so then the caller just doesn't get to be played on the air. Well, no, he held the mic down to it. <laughs> so it worked out. But... Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, up for discussion if you guys want to do that. But 
Anyway, yeah, the self the the phone lines through the powers that be at whatever company didn't get them installed. Oh, come on, tell us who so, it is. Living in this, I'm not sure which one. There's like three <laughs> of them that come into play. You know how it is. I'm just kidding. You know, moving your office. You know, so no. we're doing that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what that's yeah. like. Tell yeah. me what that's like. I know. I know. I noticed you guys were doing that last weekend too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We're uh, all right. Well then. Yeah. So I think it should be in on Tuesday. Cool. The five four three eight eight three zero. It's right. going to be the same phone number. I was just going to so. say, send me an email. Well, you could do that. If you, oh, well, you can't do it. I'm not connected to the internet either. Maybe yeah. the maybe it's a phone based internet. Right. It probably is. Well, yeah. I mean, we can definitely see smoke signals, or if someone wants to do yeah. skywriting. <laughs> yeah, yeah we have a beautiful window. We here. have a wonderful window, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, not more than just that little square thing that oh, was yeah. no, next to a, Dan that you can see the road. This is a window wall. That's, it's a window wall. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's almost the um, Islay Hill, but yeah. I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's a little bit more further to the right. down. Yeah. So yeah, if you're gonna skywrite or do smoke signals, get it over the yeah. the, um, the Edna Isla Hill yeah, over we're there. We're almost looking towards Santa Margarita, I think. Yeah. Possibly. All right, let's do you it. Know, awesome, you know. Let's do a commercial break, and then, uh, I mean, we're not going to take your call or have anything on the <laughs> yeah. internet to talk about, so <laughs> we'll just, we'll Dan and I are going to rub some we'll sticks together through. here and see if we can come up with yeah, another no, topic I, before I think, you uh, hear us again. So. I think I could ask you one question, and you'll go on for an hour with an answer. So there it is, I believe. Maybe. I think so. Let's try it. Okay. <laughs> uh, stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. With host Dan and Jason. So yeah, I'm getting an error. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Our loans are not trucked in from some big bank. They're raised right here on the Central Coast. No hormones, no GMOs, no antibiotics. Call today and get your gluten-free mortgage from a caring lender that knows you only accept the best for your family. Just call Central Coast Lending. You buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We were unsuccessful of getting on the internet. I can't even get my hotspot to work right now. What is going on? It must on? be the building or something. 
Wow. I'm going to have to... Do I have I'll, cell service in here? I do. Yeah, we got cell service. That's for sure. Huh. I'll, I'll get on them. Well, I won't get on them, but I'll ask them next week. You know, when I come in. Actually, um, the boss guy said he might be coming in, so we might be able to get some oh, thing right. in the 10 o'clock hour. Maybe. But My, we'll see what's up. My cell phone and laptop never want to work together. Mine mm-hmm. do, usually. I can use, I can usually put a hotspot together for somebody else mm-hmm. or connect my laptop to somebody else's hotspot. For whatever reason, I'm lucky enough that my computer won't connect to my hotspot. Hmm. Do you want me to set up a hotspot? For I mean, you? I'm, yeah, I'm starting to think maybe you should. Because I am now connected, I believe. To your own? To yours. To mine. Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah, look at that. We can kind of do that thing where, like, you know, I feed you and you feed me. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Okay. While you work on that, yeah. Dan, I, I'm going to get back to talking because yeah. that's what I do when I get uncomfortable. I just like Dan's good old-fashioned newspaper clippings in front of him there. That works hey, out really well, too. I read the newspaper, <laughs> and it's been getting to my house at a reasonable hour lately. I was having that problem, too. Is it fixed now? Yes. Yeah, they must have hired I, I, a new round of delivery. I don't know what those. Uh, well, we complained to the editor of the newspaper, and now we're I getting two. We're getting two. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's like email or email sounded her and say, and then you'll get two. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys? Um, are you guys friends with? Uh, on Facebook, of course. Yeah, okay. With Dave Congleton. Oh, of course I'm friends with Dave Congleton. Did you see his top 10 list why this is American General Media is better for him? I have than- not seen that yet. I've been kind of staring away from that little point of controversy. But, uh, yeah. Wow. He did not. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And one of them was Believe like, me, it's better. The it's new manager is better than the old manager, yeah. and like, and by name. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then another one was like, and I don't have to walk through a cloud of cigarette smoke to get into the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, this well, guy just throwing daggers. The lo- the thing I liked about I like about Kathy is she's very pro- approachable. And uh, when I came in over here to actually fill out my paperwork. She walked into the lobby, shook my hand, said, welcome, Jim. Thank you for coming over here. Nice. We're excited about having KVEC and your shows here. And I wasn't even out of the lobby yet. That's so awesome. That's pretty cool. It's nice to feel appreciated, huh? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So That's cool. Yeah. Company culture makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. It does. Definitely does. Then they had a big welcome aboard lunch for us. Nice. Man, maybe that. the Christmas party this year. Maybe everybody's invited. Oh, is that not the case in Eldorado? <laughs> no, I think it was. Everybody was invited, but uh, not everyone wanted to show just, up. Yeah, <laughs> you knew if you were in the in the uh, club that was really supposed to yeah. come or not. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I got a couple of uh, things over here that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, well, heck, you've got clippings in front of you. Maybe we should not delay and talk about this jobs report that came about out. the big news? Yeah. yeah. That was a nice rebound from a couple bad ones in a row. Yeah. Um, the June job report looked pretty good uh, as compared to prior months for sure. May was 
awful. There was even downward revisions to May. Did you see that? Really? As part of the job report. Like, May couldn't possibly get any worse, and then it got worse. Uh, but June came along, kind of stole the, sto- the spotlight again here. We added 287,000 jobs. The unemployment rate crept up a little bit at 4.9%. And we had even a slight gain, a little baby bump in hourly earnings. Um, But basically, um, the picture of the U.S. jobs market looks much better now with a June reading than it did with a May reading. Wow. May was revised to 11,000? Don't tell anyone. That's crazy. It was 38,000 before. That makes me less impressed by the June reading. Because maybe it's both months? I don't know. I mean, June's a good number. 287,000, that's good. It's good, though, if you're in a string of months where you're up 200,000 plus. Yeah, if you're you're (laughs) producing over 200,000 jobs a month for a run. Yeah, that's good. good. We had that last year. Then 287's a a good month. It's, It's... standing up and ready to be noticed but when it follows a month of 11,000 jobs gained that's just that's just bringing up the average to slightly below respectable all right so then i got to know now that we found that out here we are it's july um, got a fed meeting coming up in about 2 weeks 3 they're going to raise rates right i don't think so why not look I just, at this jobs report it's so good yeah but it's following it's, dismal it's good following dismal doesn't make for Dan. confidence going forward. It makes for uncertainty going Dear forward. Dear Dan, <laughs> we started the show today by reminding people that, did you remember that thing uh, over the pond, you know, um, the European Union? <laughs> that pond. We lost all of the money um, yeah. right after the Brexit. It's already all back. Yeah. You want, and that was like, uh, what are we now? We're 15 days post-Brexit? Something like that. Ish. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to ask me to consider a jobs report from a month plus ago? A whole month ago, yeah. Come yeah. on. I am. Come on. Yeah. Financial memory in this country is way shorter than that. We've moved Agreed. on from there. Yeah. So shouldn't the feds be raising interest rates this month? They probably don't, I think, because of... Um, the volatility, if nothing else. Let me help you. Maybe if we put it in a little perspective here. The average payroll growth for the first quarter of 2016, just shy of 200,000 jobs per month. It was (laughs) 195,700. Average payroll growth for the second quarter of this year, just shy of 150,000 at 147,300. That's a downward trend, my friend. Indeed. Even with a great June, imagine if June yeah, didn't perform that way. We'd have been dude, like sub 100,000. It was raining. <laughs> ah, the weather. And it was hot yeah. in other parts. And then what else happened? Oh, yeah. Right. You don't want to hire when it's raining. The Verizon strikers were counted in that, um, mm. in a reduction of jobs for May. Mm. But that strikes over, right? And it was still downward revised. Maybe more people striked than we thought. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's enough uncertainty right now that we don't see a rate hike considered until September. And people who study this stuff more 
more than I do. More, um, more acutely. Yeah. They, the bets are right now that there's an 8% chance that we see a single rate hike for the rest of the year. An 8% chance. That's so basically, slim. the people who study this every day and make their their guesses, I guess, um, they don't believe that there's going to be any additional rate hikes this year. GDP was also um, on a slower than expected trend. Wait, I don't even know this number yet, but I do want to remind listeners that the first quarter for the past three or four years has been pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Right around zero growth. Um, We'll just... For the sake of discussion here, it's been about zero growth for the last three or four years, first quarter. Second quarter is where we started to see big rebounds, where it gets up into the normal, like 2%, 2.5%, 3% growth. Third quarter is where it really, you know, that's where we're making all the money for the year, and then fourth quarter starts to slow down again. So, was second quarter the big, the big bump up that we've experienced the last couple of years? I mean, I was trying to pull up a news article real quick, and this is kind of fascinating. So you do a Google search, and then I just put U.S. GDP, okay? And then click the News tab, so I'm filtering news articles. You know what's at the top of the list here on Forbes Hmm. from this week? The U.S. analysis of India's GDP, 7.5%. Oh, that's good. That's looking pretty good. Um some talk that it might be overstated. Look at us trying to throw rocks at somebody else that's like <laughs> doing really good. That's awesome. Um, U.S. third quarter GDP growth seen edging up to 2.3%. Um, Which, if memory serves, that would be one of the poor, poor um, third quarters in the last five years. Yeah. So I think things like that, things like... Uh, Vermont has the lowest GDP in the U.S. Well, I mean, how much money can you make from producing syrup? It's <laughs> so funny you said that because I was wow. going to say... Let's <laughs> just throw Vermont <laughs> away. <laughs> Health yeah. advocates are getting away from that sugary, delicious topping they produce. Right. <laughs> you know, to, to everybody from Vermont, we love your syrup. It's awesome. good, but really good. Another headline that comes up in my U.S. GDP search <laughs> says, China tweaks how it calculates GDP. <laughs> oh, when things aren't it? looking good, you change the formula. <laughs> Taking a page from the U.S. Oh, yeah. book. We Boy. know how to do that. <laughs> Dan's going to get all this hate mail from Vermont now. <laughs> <laughs> from our one listener. <laughs> Atlanta. Well, now it doesn't even stream outside of the San Luis County area, so yeah, I know we'll, that's not we'll possible. Get, we'll get it going. We'll get it going. By way of uh, Reuters, Atlanta Fed lowers <laughs> the second quarter GDP view to 2.4%. Um, it's weaker than the 2.6 pace, which was calculated um, recently. And yeah, so anyway, not so hot. That that June jobs report, though, it's worth celebrating. That's a big deal. It um, feels like if that, that becomes back the on new track. norm, right? Ooh, yeah, exactly. Let's keep doing that. That sounds really good. We would we would no doubt be headed for some great things. Um, also the F the, I was going to say FOMC, but people probably go, wait, what is that? The fed minutes, the open market committee minutes for June came out. Those came out right before the Brexit exit, by the way. 
The Brexit exit. The Britain exit. The Brexit. The meeting was right before. Yeah. Right. But the minutes came out after. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So the the um, the meeting minutes showed that mo- most of the Fed participants judged that um, in the absence of significant economic or financial shocks, uh, raising the target rate for federal funds would be appropriate if incoming information confirmed economic growth had picked up. And then, boy, were they surprised that shortly thereafter, uh, the exit vote prevailed. And um, I don't know, would you qualify that as a significant economic or financial shock? A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's, by the way, there's, there's a whole lot of things that Great Britain is going to have to now do, um, after having gotten out of the, the European union, there's a lot that has to happen. I mean, stop and think about this, um, you know, change probably your treatment of immigration. I mean, even just tourists with the inflow and outflow of tourists, um, they already still, I mean, they didn't switch over to the euro, so they already really still had their currency anyway. But what about trade agreements with all those countries? Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of countries that um, I think are feeling scorned that the UK basically just said, hey, you're on your own. We're out of here. We're looking out for number one. And now the UK is going to be coming back to say, well, we need to make trade agreements with you and decide how we're going to get along after this. And I just got to imagine that it's going to take a little while for that sting to go away. They already had the prime minister of Great Britain step down. There's, you know, kind of, it, it seems pretty wild. Uh, I saw an article this week, um, less of an article and more of just a industry insider from the real estate market in um, London emailed on a chain that I'm on discussing um, the activity over there right now is actually pretty good. And I thought, interesting, because if you if you owned a flat or, you know, a house or I don't know, whatever they're called in London and um, what, what how would you be feeling right now? Get rid of it. Wish you sold it two months ago. <laughs> yeah, not sure. Flip side of the coin is it sounds like people are pretty excited for the opportunity to buy right now as the currency is such a value. It's weak right now. It's really weak. What it's did you say it was? One point, well, dollar one thirty three to the dollar. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I remember well, I went to, um, I went to London, gosh, when was it? 2004. Four or three, something. Uh, Two thousand three, and yeah, it was about two to one. Yeah, yeah, dollar twenty nine today. That's yeah, that's really good. Great time to travel over to yeah, get your UK discount. And, yeah. So, additionally, though, not not only that, that's true. If you were if you were wanting to do a trip to London, this is a great time to go. You're gonna get more bank for the buck. So it's a it's like a travel coupon, right? <laughs> Um, but at the same time that it's created for that same reason, it's created an affordability that didn't exist months ago. So there are outside investors that now finally see a break and in a, a way to get affordable, uh, real estate investments. 
in and around London. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So now you have a little added competition of people saying, hey, this is all going to blow over. And when it does, I'm going to be so happy that I bought when the exchange rate was ideal for my purchase. Um, I've always been fascinated by people that trade currency um, and then also but do things like this where you you might be able to make a speculative real real estate investment right now. If you had the means and ability, you know, and know how to to buy something in England, uh, make some real money just on that. Let alone what the you know the the general market's doing. Kind of a wild thing. That was one of the big things that we saw during our housing downturn was a lot of foreign money coming in and buying up real estate assets, um, and now. The UK is experiencing the same thing. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, recent history shows that it likely will recover. So, this is a, an opportunity. Yeah. But there is a lot of work that has to be done there to restore negotiations with all those countries yeah. around and figure out how to smooth it all over. And I think it's one of those things, too, where at least from the outside looking in, it seems like most of the um, the government over there is sort of reeling and trying to figure out how you pick up these pieces of what the the people voted for that sort of undermines the course of what you know the the whole government had in mind. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild. So yeah, yeah, I'd call that a significant economic. And a significant financial event. It is crazy to me, by the way. I mean, I said this a couple times already on the show now. It's wild to me that the Dow closed yesterday up 250 points uh, for an 18,146 closing. That's crazy. That's over 18,000. That's a high. And I get it. I think probably a big part of it is... You know, if you if you if you line a couple of those dominoes up from May, that really bad jobs report, um, the Fed's acknowledging that things are softening a little bit, but they're not concerned yet. Kind of talk. Then you throw on some Brexit, and yeah, we saw some some plunge in the markets there. And now we get a really good jobs report, so it seems as though we just we got it all back because of that jobs report. And I, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable saying it's really good. It's sort of um, an island in and of itself there, since it's so far beyond. Um, I started thinking about as I was talking right now. You remember that that bell curve with the standard deviations. Like you said, what? How many jobs we've been creating this um, quarter, previous quarter, previous year? Mm-hmm. This thing's an outlier. Yeah, this this June report is such an outlier that you kind of have to go, huh? Yeah, but at the same, do we celebrate that completely? Well, and at the same time, May was an outlier. You know, eleven thousand jobs gained. We haven't seen that even through. Most of the reset recovery. Well, let's talk about the the sort of um, the difference from one month to the next. There, when was the last time we saw a change of two hundred sixty thousand jobs from one month to the next? I can't recall. Well, I, it was when we were losing two hundred sixty thousand sure. jobs a month, like oh eight or oh nine or something, somewhere around there. There was months where we were losing jobs like that. 
Yeah. So it's kind of wild that you see that in, you know, the way that it sets up. It's a pickup from one to the next. Well, the Fed is trying to calm calm markets and calm everyone, really. They're, you know, their statement is that the participants in the Fed meeting generally agreed that it was advisable to avoid overreacting to one or two labor market reports. Basically, don't overreact to these outlying reports. You know, we're... They're acknowledging that there's some uncertainty going forward, but um, you know they're gonna they're gonna look for the data going forward that there's signs that the economy is continuing to move forward and pick up steam. Do you wonder though? <laughs> do you wonder when those remarks were made? I remember Janet Yellen saying it's really important not to put too much emphasis on a single jobs report, calming me down because you gave us a thirty-eight thousand reading, and I stopped and went, oh, what's what? what? Where are we headed now? I mean, this is crazy. We already got this circus sideshow presidential election going down. We got Britain doing their thing, like looking around. We had a month now that we've learned was 11,000 jobs. Um, would you change your statement now that you had such a good month? You know what? It's okay to look at one month in a positive light. That's... <laughs> No, I think I I believe that they're looking at this month just as they're looking at last month, and both are outliers. The truth is somewhere in the middle, and we're going to figure out where well, we're really like at going you said, forward. Depending on how far you want to zoom out to analyze it, something that's a couple months, a quarter, a couple quarters, um, a calendar year, whatever you want to do to sort of get your arms around what the trend is, the trend is down. Mm -hmm. And so... That is probably the best indicator that you don't go raising rates when you appear to have an unstable jobs market. You need to have the jobs market be sturdy enough that you don't go make things more expensive for businesses. And um, and sometimes I think people forget, too, what it means um, to businesses, what these rate hikes do mean. Um I, I remember when we had the credit freeze back in 2007, you know, we, we had all this stimulus. And you remember all the talk was about figuring out a freeze, frozen credit, thaw frozen credit markets, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Well, what's a frozen credit market? Part of that frozen credit market was that there just wasn't people that were interested in lending as well as people that weren't interested in borrowing because everything was so volatile um, but there's a lot of businesses around that depend on both loaning and borrowing. Um, when we were seeing through that last recession, I remember reading lots of accounts about companies like GM, for example, that do so much of their businesses done on credit facilities. So stop and think about this. You've got an auto manufacturer, um, and, and man, it even goes bigger than that. You remember... Um, GMAC, right? I mean, and they were a big lender for us for a while. Um, but all of these different arms and the same big parent companies that provide the line of credit to General Motors that does payroll on credit because they do so much on credit. They put cars on a flooring line, which then go out to a dealer who that dealer has their cars on a flooring line. And when they sell, it's kind of just comes off of the balance of what's owed. They make a little bit of money, but so much of this stuff was all borrowed. And so two things, when you can't borrow, 
then it impedes businesses ability to work especially if you're the type of company that has to meet obligations by way of, like you float your cash flow swings with lines of credit there are a lot of companies that do payroll on lines of credit and then once the dust settles they pay their line of credit down with the the revenue from the business right um, and you could imagine this, this same kind of thing for like developers that are building big buildings with financing. That's what that is. So if there's not a good market to borrow, there's not a good market to lend. That's that frozen market. Um, but then additionally, think about that. If you're putting your payroll on a credit line, because that's the nature of your business, a quarter percent increase next month, that just increases your cost to operate. I mean, yeah, borrowing is your operation. So now we're just talking about increased overhead due to something like this. And and that's my point of saying when, and this is just one small, small slice of what these interest rates do to the business environment. When you want to go hike it, you got to remember that those ripples make it out into other industries and cause a um, little bit of hardship if somebody's already on the ledge. That's why I think we see rates push up when the economy's white hot. Mm -hmm. That quarter point doesn't hurt you. We're not worried about you creating jobs. We're not worried about you meeting your obligations and being able to grow and invest in your own business. Everybody's just killing it, and that's why we push rates up. So right now, it's hard for me to look at that be the reason. Um, I can go down a whole other road, though. I can see the Fed's raising rates because they need to, <laughs> to get some of those tools back in the bag that if this – economy needs a shot in the arm next year or next quarter next president um they can't really raise or they can't really lower rates unless they've raised them to get there right so at some point they got to sort of reel some of that slack back in so that they can deploy it when they need it next yeah i mean it feels like we should be on this path to raising rates but you you hit three big issues of uncertainty presidential there's going to be a new president in the office in, in roughly six months. What's going on with the UK? And then the economy Jobs, here. Bigger, broader yeah. economy. It's a lot of uncertainty. That was an hour. So we got to do a commercial break and then we have another hour. We still have plenty more to talk about. So uh, hopefully, I mean, sorry, we can't take your calls. You can email now, info at centralcoastlending.com. We can read your question on the air. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's feeling more like home in the second hour. Yeah. This yeah, feels it's like good. we've been yeah. here forever now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good about this new place. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I showed you around where all the other studios are mm -hmm. in the break and everything, and um, yeah. so it was like it's nice. like a wall of studios. But uh, I love the um, I just love the wall behind me here. Yeah. Although I was telling you during the break, I feel like if I lean back too far in this chair, I'm going to be tumbling down to the kind first of floor. Looks that way, yeah, because you don't <laughs> the way it's constructed, you don't see the top of the wall. No, it's it's here, pretty so it's cool kinda, actually. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. So. We just got to get the air conditioning thing worked out. Yeah. This that's going to be a little warm here in August. Yeah. That's a warm side of the, the room. Yeah. Maybe the air conditioning also relies on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a work in progress, but it's going to be great. Have you heard this cash call commercial? I heard it on the drive-in. Uh, Their latest deceptive ad. 
that they're allowed to play. It's just, I don't like their ads. Maybe not. I don't know. What did it say? This one's about, you know, the Fed's done it again. They beat the Fed. Get a low rate. It's bad for savers. It's good for borrowers. You should borrow as much money as you can at a below 3% APR and pay off all your credit cards and your short-term debt and... You know, Yeesh. then you can write off that mortgage interest, but you should ch- te- check with a tax preparer about that. And Whoa. I'm just like, listen to this ad, and I'm like, you're just, that's your whole gimmick on this ad is to advise people to take equity out of their home and pay off short term debt and make it long term debt. I generally advise people against that. Yeah, you got to really think about that. It's, that's for someone who is so tight on cash flow that that's really the way to make it all work and look people that do this is a couple things number one you can get yourself deep enough in a credit card hole that you might find yourself without a lot of choice i mean i i've seen some people where it's like you're you got got 50 70 100 grand of debt on credit cards sometimes too much um all right maybe you do need to do that if you're in a really dire situation but let's just talk about the car because yeah, you went down, you bought yourself a new Toyota Tacoma truck because, hey, they're great. They last forever. They retain their value. Plus, you really like it. I mean, it's you deserve it. It's a great truck. You love it. You bought it for forty grand. You interest rate on a car like that for probably 1%, 2 3% right now, depending on your credit. So, over the life of the loan, what does that car cost you? 50 grand? 45 grand? Yeah, 46 47, bad credit, maybe 50. Um, throw that. So you come here, you're like, you know what? The, the payment on my $40,000 truck, though, is $520 a month. And that's just a lot of money. It's like impeding my lifestyle. I don't want to get rid of my truck. I love my truck. What could I do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refi anyway. My payment's going to stay the same when I refi. So pay off my truck. Well, Take that $40,000 debt, throw it at these crazy low rates of 3% over 30 years. That $40,000 truck now going to cost you 80 grand, 70 to $80,000. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that it's going to be dead and gone in real life while you're still paying for it because you've disassociated the debt with the title to the car doesn't change your you know people's mentalities don't quite adjust the way that they should it's just and again people do it and i'm not saying if that's something that you want to do and you feel like you've been down the road and got the advice and you read whatever book you read that taught you that that was a good idea i'm not going to judge you but when people come in and they go, oh, I'm going to pay off my student loans, these two credit cards, and my car with a refinance on my house. It's like, okay, the the talk here is that that's not usually a good idea. And, you know, I, I tend to be um, more conservative with other people's money than I am with my own. <laughs> especially when it comes to gambling. But uh, the reality of it is is that um, if you if you err on the conservative side at all, making short-term debt, long-term debt is rarely a good idea. Maybe you need a consolidation loan where it goes from being revolving in nature or variable in rate or 
you know, you're only paying this small portion of the the principal each month because it's credit card in nature or something. There's there's other consolidation options out there that exist, you know. And then sometimes you might even um, consider getting like a line of credit on your house. If you really need to do that, you really need to figure out how to clean up forty thousand dollars worth of credit card into something that's more manageable so that you can pay in bigger chunks and make bigger headway at it. Let's talk about putting that into a line of credit on your house or even a fixed second on your house where you can really focus on that. Keep that separate from the house debt part of the equation and then really get going on banging that out, right? Because when you when you put that $40,000 in the mortgage, it changes the payment by 150 bucks. Oh, but lucky day, interest rates are lower. You were going to save 150 bucks anyway, so it's a moot point. Yeah, but you're robbing your future self of asset and equity and uh, it's just not the right thing to do most of the time so yeah those kind of commercials i think are terribly misleading especially this day and age too where now you kind of got some new homeowners you know the people that have been buying houses since the recession in 2008 2009 2010 these people have owned their house now somewhere between you know, what, three, five, eight years, nine years in some cases. Some of these people don't know some of those life lessons, don't know that, oh, you're right, I should consider that and realize what that means later. And, in fact, my student loan is fixed at 2.05%. I don't want to roll that into my mortgage. So I think it's a little reckless to be marketing right to people. Just think about what you'll do with your extra cash once right. we roll it all into this low mortgage payment and sort of you're sort of leveraging your future now based on circumstances today that sometimes are based on you made some poor financial decisions. And part of going through that growing up process and also being a homeowner and all that is that you sort of learn how to to, to compartmentalize these things and take care of them, bang them out. And, and that's kind of like taking your medicine, right? So you ran up some credit cards for whatever it was. Um, on one end of the spectrum, I think some of those things are incredibly worthy. You you went to college, and you, that's what it took to do that. Or maybe you had medical bills that the insurance wasn't covering. You had no other way to, to keep yourself out of financial ruin. You put things on credit cards. I get that. Maybe you went to Cabo, and you probably shouldn't have, and you've got now you put your visas on there and your airfare on there and your you know your hotel on there, and then all the the body shots you did at the bar now suddenly you're at a forty thousand dollar <laughs> credit card bill because you were off goofing around right whatever the case may be, figuring out how to take care of that and bang that out and 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 deal with that right there is going to for that reckless guy that blew it all in Cabo, he's going to think twice about buying something on credit that he can't afford um, versus, you know, I was having this conversation with one of the LOs in the office this last week. A good friend of ours did a cash-out refi to pay off $100,000 worth of credit card debt. Some people go, gosh, how'd you get $100,000 worth of credit card debt? Well, it was some of it was for business. Some of it was business line of credit. Some of it was business credit card. A lot of it was just sort of living while opening a business that today is a very successful business. And 
the business doesn't just have $100,000 to cure all of this debt. So these particular people decided to cash out $100,000 of equity on the house to pay off all this high-rate debt and now get ahead at slugging, just paying the mortgage down more rapidly, right? Okay. Plus, they're able to get a VA loan, which is like a crazy low interest rate. Um, But what I told them, like I said, these are good friends of ours, is... My biggest reluctance to let somebody pay off credit cards like that is you don't know how many times I see somebody come in, do a cash out refi to pay off $40,000 worth of credit card debt. Then they show up 12 months later with another $40,000 worth of credit card debt. And then you do it again and they go, I'm never doing this again. And then they come back 12 months later with another $40,000 of credit card debt. Has there ever been a time in history when people used home equity as a way to pay for... Like vacations. It's and your ATM, dude. And things. That, it just sounds so eerily similar to the early 2000s. Does it not? This is how people got into problems financially by continuing to eat at their home equity to support a lifestyle that they really couldn't, shouldn't have supported. afforded or supported. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Um, when you go look at, when you go look today, though, I mean, yeah, we're getting back to that point. Ha- Look, nationally, these homes are going up somewhere between 6 and 9% on average because of this demand issue. Mm-hmm. So your $400,000 house is worth four forty, then it's worth four eighty, then it's worth five twenty, then it's worth five sixty. Why am I over here sweating getting that new Tesla and being able to go on vacation? <laughs> right. Or, I'm my making money house, on my house. Yeah, my house <laughs> is making more money than me. Weren't people kind of falsely lulled into this thing that, you know, the saying what comes up must come down, but real estate was going up and up and up up. Were they kind of falsely lulled into the thing that it was always going to go up and up and up and up? Well, okay, yes, agreed. Mm -hmm. However, I think the mentality of homeowners in that era got away from the idea that you your goal, Uh I think, at least should be, especially when you're in your 30s and 40s, is position yourself to pay your house off. Right. That's your best chance at retiring with some comfort. Exactly. And having all that taken care of. I mean, how much, let me just ask you this. I mean, how much, Dan, Uh how much is your health care going to be when you're 65? (laughs) It's probably going to be more than it is today. Yeah. By what? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) It could be. At the 20% annual It could be more than your house payment today. (laughs) It could be. It really could be. Right. It could be very high. It could be crazy. Mm -hmm. Um. I know I, I know a lot about your finances. I know that you're very good at saving money and on a path to attempt to pay your house off. Um, in and plus, you kind of had kids a little bit later than life. Your house will probably be paid off by the time your kids go to college. That's awesome. That's going to allow you to be able to take care of them a little bit more when they need it the most. And then when you have health care, that's. I don't know. Maybe these premiums yeah. are going to be two grand a month. You'll be like, thank yeah. God I'm not paying that $2,000 a month mortgage right. anymore. Exactly. We got away from that. During the, the run-up in that last little go-round, 2002, 3, 4, 5, and 6, yeah. 
What's the responsibility? We totally thing? gave up on really? the idea. The majority of people gave up on the idea of paying their house off. Now I know there's some people listening right now that go, "Not me. I didn't." I had my loan. I kept doing what I did. I never took cash out. I kept paying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those people, Those that's like the heartbeat of America. Those people have like, they're still in the good spot and, and on a good track and everything. There was a lot of people yeah. that got distracted by that instant gratification of take some cash out of my house and do X, Y, and Z, live a little bit more yeah. today because See. in the end... I'm going to buy, like Monopoly taught me this, <laughs> I, all I need is four greenhouses. I'm just going to win one the lottery. Hotel. Yeah, right. And then just when you, win the lottery. When I have one red hotel, when you yeah. rent from me, you're going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win. I think a lot of people thought that way. It's like, well, if I keep cashing out my primary residence, that's yeah. going to end up problematic, right? Because that gigs up at some point. Right. But if I had two houses, oh, <laughs> then I can do it now, and then even better. Wait three. a minute, I can get three. <laughs> yeah. This guy says I can get four at one yeah. time. Yeah, and yeah. so then you have these people that's like, hey, because what's better than making forty grand on one house this year? Making forty grand on two houses or yeah. three four. houses, and making one hundred and sixty yeah. grand this year on houses. Yeah, that's why I felt I felt compelled to bring that this issue up here today. I feel like that commercial that's out there today from cash call mortgage is completely irresponsible. It's something that I didn't want to just let it go. Un- I didn't want to not talk about it today. I feel it's our responsibility. It's part of why we do this show is to talk about these issues and make people aware that, Hey, we just came out of a season of big time problems because of this was a big contributing factor. Right. People eating away at their equity to pay for things that maybe they can't afford And I'll bring up the state of Texas as an example for everyone out there. The state of Texas has extremely strict rules. There's a whole section in guidelines. Fannie Mae has a section in their guidelines about cash out refis in Texas because the state of Texas is very strict about when you can take cash out of your home. They view it as robbing from it's yourself. basically stealing from yourself. Yeah. And, and if they you don't need want to you do to it, harm yourself in that way. It's gotten a little bit easier to make it happen now. Um, but the, the reality of it is, like, right now, the state of Texas cash out maximum, I believe, is 80% loan to value. Yeah. If you need to bleed your house of equity, we're stopping you short of all of it. Yeah. You're leaving 20 in there. Um, that's, that's interesting thing. Um, and again, like going back, I, I was not having this discussion because I don't, it's not my interest in discouraging somebody to call. Look, if you are in that boat where no matter what led to it, if you have a bunch of debt, credit card debt, revolving debt, um, installment debt, you know, I know what that's like and I know what pressure you're under and you're looking at all of the options to try to figure out how best to save yourself. Um, At the end of the day, using equity from your home might be the very best solution. It very well could be, but this is a very, very important decision to not be taken lightly and to truly evaluate every option available to you. And before you just race right out and bleed your home of equity, um, it, it's, it, it, I just, I beg you to consider that that's a really big deal. Um, 
we've seen people that harvest equity from their, that's what I like to call it, harvesting equity, right? It's, you've been growing equity, and then because of the good sunshine and love from the neighbors, the equity's growing well right now. The equity's also growing because you're diligently making payments every month, and you're on a course to pay your loan off. Most people have a loan that has a, a finite term, and when it's done, you've paid it off. Well, sometimes we harvest equity out of our homes for a variety of reasons. I can think of some um, which are, I've been paying on this home for 15 years. I got a bunch of equity in it. What I want now is a vacation home at the lake, and I'd like to put $100,000 down on that vacation home so that I can get favorable financing terms. And in doing so, I'm going to sort of take some equity out of my primary residence to put a down payment down on this so that I can get really good terms on both as opposed to being in a high rate or over a barrel or close to the edge on the on the vacation home purchase. And so, you know, again, give it some careful consideration. But if that's your goal and you're approaching it from that standpoint, that's not a terrible idea of why you might balance it out. We also see some people that have four rental properties or more, and they're at varying interest rates and terms and just sort of by reshuffling the deck and moving money from this property to that property and lowering this loan and raising that loan to get the most favorable financing terms. We see people do that because they sort of rebalance their portfolio and then they save a thousand bucks a month in cash flow which they could then use to either save for retirement or pay down a loan more rapidly on any one of the properties or break it over all of them. But there's, so there's times where the most financially conservative would look at it and say, yes, that's a good reason to take equity out of that property. There are times when it makes sense to do so. Uh, but I just think it always takes really careful consideration. If you're about to harvest equity, for whatever reason, um, and that's kind of, I mean, throw a little, like another little nod of why you want to call us, we're, that's that's what we want to help you with, you know, to make those decisions, understand the ramifications, be able to explore the options, to be able to tell you, well, this seems like for you, it's an opportunity. I think you could save tax money from doing that. So here's the questions to go ask your tax professional. You know, all these kind of things going back full circle. This is why when somebody calls and says, what's your lowest rate? Well, what you doing, bud? Yeah. Are I you wanna, taking cash out? Yeah. Are you, you just, paying off all your credit yeah. cards and your jet boat and your Hummer? Um, can we just, can we talk about all of this stuff? It's all a whole thing. What term loan do you, you want? And I'm not just 30? an 800 number yeah. that's going to just read off the rate. I want to, I want to kind of get my hands on the, your financial guts and figure out, are we all, is, is this the right way? And is there any advice I could give you? I would hate to think that, you know, because somebody just called and just did something and then we find out at the end of the transaction it's like man we really should have talked about x y and z or i never asked that guy if he was a veteran and if he was man let alone you know he has a he has a service related disability and that that va loan would have been so much better but instead he called to ask what my best conventional rate was and i just said no it's, it's x yeah. Fill this out. Let's do it. Where if if we just if we understood a little bit more about what your goals and objectives are, 
what potential programs you're going to fit in. That's where we can really sort of demonstrate the craft. Anybody can just do a loan. I, I really think that's true. And and between lenders, you know, I, I was going to say there's very little difference between the two. That's uh, that's not my sentiment. There there are lenders right here in town where they've pretty high rates to do something that if you were smart enough just to shop with a company like ours, you could save a lot of money. Uh, not all lenders are equal. Their rates aren't equal. Um, but the, the interest in the staff and their expertise and their desire to help to, to kind of serve in that way that, that I don't think you get out of every lending institution, especially if you're just responding to call this number and get this deal. One more thing about that cash call commercial that really bothers me. They promote the the rate and APR. Actually, they only talk about APR, but they say, you know, you can get a fixed rate at two point whatever APR or below three APR. I think it's irresponsible for them not to say what that is. I know that they're they're talking about a 15 year loan. Yes. But most consumers don't know that. Most well, consumers probably assume that they're getting pitched a 30-year mortgage because that's the most common mortgage. Um, so most consumers hear that ad and hear fixed rate at below three. Why is my guy quoting me three and a half percent on a 30-year fixed? Well, here's Cash the reality. Cash calls obviously got the better deal, but they're being deceptive in their advertising. If you could advertising. get every resident in slow today to call you, and explore this idea of a lower rate of a refi. Um, so many people would refi just because rates are low, right? Independent of anything else. Many people don't know how low rates are. And so they're like, man, I can afford my mortgage. Refinancing costs a bunch of money. I'm not in for it. So whatever. And they just sort of pass by. I keep reading these articles that come out from some big, big companies that suggest the average interest rates in the U.S., like the current average 30-year fixed after a half a decade of rates in the threes, the, the average rate is still almost 6%. So many people that haven't refied. So what's the biggest deal if I'm cash call or whoever? I just need you to call me. That's it. What does it take to have you call? Flash a really low rate and talk about low fees or something. That's what they do. Just call. Yeah, pretty much. And once you call, then now you're kind of lip hooked. And if we can get you to bite based on any one of these programs, options, debt consolidation, whatever, that's the most important thing is that you call. You just We just need you to respond. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's kind of reckless to, cause, cause how is it not, how is it not bait and switch? If I'm responding to a radio ad about a deal, like think about the car stuff. They have to tell you how many are in stock at that price. And there's like that <laughs> at the end of the thing. On the mortgage thing, it's Sorry. like, <laughs> that was it's like hey, here's our, to do something here. here's our ad. Call us. Here, we can get you a, you know, rates in the twos. 
You if you if you could get a thirty year fix in the twos with low fees, call. I mean, I would do a loan with them. <laughs> but the reality is that you're going to call and you're going to kind of get hoodwinked. Another thing that's happening right now too is um, you get solicited by a company because public records are so good. We know who has loans everywhere and who they're with. So people get solicited to refi with our name on a mailer. And it's not even us that's doing it. Or they get a call that's like, oh, we're partnered with your bank and we're offering you this once in a lifetime streamline opportunity. And this is only because you're with, you know, Sun Servicing and Mr. Podesto, because you're such a good client of theirs, we can offer you this streamline refinance where no appraisal, no credit report, no fees. We're just going to do this for you and just save you money. Totally misleading. That's not true. They're not affiliated with that company. Everybody that has an FHA loan can do a streamline refi. And you don't have to do it with the company that you're with. And oftentimes, those companies that you are being solicited by are going to charge you a premium to do it because you're under the guise that you're getting a deal that's an exclusive offer to you. There's no point in shopping it. This happened with that those HARP loans. And you only got to do that one time. So people harped because they got called by Bank of America and told, hey, here's your chance to do this. And then they did it. And then they got hoodwinked into a higher than market rate because it was seemed like it was some kind of exclusive deal. That's total crap. And then another one that really pisses me off is the one where that FHA streamline refi. If your FHA loan is like more than four years old now. Your mortgage insurance has a termination timeline, and it can and will stop. If you do the streamline refi today, where it just, oh, for no appraisal and no fees and no this, that, and the other, we'll just lower your payment. Guess what? You just signed up for life of loan mortgage insurance, and nowhere on that paperwork or any of the paperwork are you going to do does it tell you that. And these companies are out advertising that every day. Hey, just sign here. We're going to save you 100 bucks this month. Yeah, it's going to cost you 400 bucks a month more for years, you know, 5 through 30. But pff, let's not look forward. I have a deal to do today. Those things really, really frustrate me. Okay. It is 10.33. Time for a commercial break. I think Jim must have queued up a doozy because he's I'm been... Trying to figure, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the show back on track where we bring it back with the rock ballads and stuff like the rock Perfect. music and stuff like that. So we're going to give it a whirl Let's after go. this break. Is that okay? Let's go. Let's do it. Break time. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. 
Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. back now it feels like we're at home yeah. huh? whenever i think about mortgage matters yeah i think about you playing this song coming out of a break there it is this is this is it we got it back yeah. now full force right on. we've been spending a lot of time talking about deceptive advertising that's going on today on this very station um <laughs> Um, it's, do I need to hit the dump button? No, I mean it's true. It, okay. it plays on this station. It plays on. Okay. Um, plays on. I don't know. A lot of the local channels. The Cash Call has a lot of money, and they put their commercials out everywhere. So it's in every city, on nearly every radio station, and it's out there today. It's deceptive. I don't like it. Um, we've also talked about people's desire to get rate quotes and things, and try to get accurate information but they want to do it in their fast you know i'm just gonna shop kind of way and so you know you can't listen to an ad that's deceptive like what cash call has and get the right answer get you know understand what's really good for you what the best rate is what the best term is loan type any of that you have to have that conversation Um, we've we've emphasized that today on the show i want to try to help you as a consumer I know that, you know, we're in the instant gratification world and you need your answers now with minimal conversation and minimal interaction with other human beings. Here's how you do it. When you call a mortgage company and you talk to a loan officer and you want to get the best rate and term for you without having a lengthy conversation, you need to give the person on the other end of the phone six or seven pieces of information to get an accurate quote. How much do you owe on your loan? Or what's your loan amount going to be if you're buying a home? What's the value of the home? Or what are you buying it for? Are you going to live in it or not? Yeah, occupancy. What's the occupancy? What type of property is it? Is it a single family home? Is it a condominium? Is it units? What is it? It's 10 acres with a manufactured home and an almond farm. That's important. 
What's the purpose? Are you refinancing it? Are you taking cash out? Or are you purchasing a new home? That's the purpose. What's your credit score the last time you checked? And do you want an impound account? Yep. It might also be important to know if you want a 15-year, 20-year, 30-year, but usually we can kind of tell that pretty By quickly. By the way, when somebody calls me up, because this guy's out there, somebody calls me up and says, hey, I need to get some pricing from you. Okay, let me pull up my pricing engine. I'll have to ask you a few questions. It's an owner-occupied, this is what the guy says, it's an owner-occupied single-family residence. My credit score is 760. I have, you know, it's worth 700 plus. I owe 350, so I'm about a 50% loan to value, and I'm looking to just reduce my interest rate over a new 30-year term. Oh, it sounds like I'm talking to a loan officer. Dude. (laughs) Okay, no nonsense now. This guy knows what the critical info is. Somebody has already taught him how to quickly get the best deal, in which case I'll respond like this. Dan, I pulled up the pricing now, and I just want to go over real quick with you. You you definitely know more than the average consumer. I just want to tell you real quick, if you were interested in paying a point, your interest rate's going to be X. If you want to do no points, it's going to be Y. And if you're interested in a, in a no-cost refi, it's going to be Z. So you can do any one of the three of those. What I'd like to do is get your email address so that I can put this into writing, get it onto a fee worksheet, and email this over to you for your review. And if you like it, then I can give you the the list of items I'll need from you in order to get this going. You can have that phone call in about 60 seconds, maybe two minutes. Pretty simple. And that that is a way that you can really get a concise idea. You know, see, that guy, he's not leaving it up to, you know, I, I don't have any other debt. I'm not interested in anything funky. I'm not trying to get, you know, any bells and whistles or some weird sales pitch. I just want to know. I'm asking everyone the same questions. Then, yeah. you know, and, and usually the reason I still like to give him those three options is really because if he just called Wells Fargo... Wells Fargo's no point rate where they're paying their third party costs, it will be the same as my no cost rate where I'm paying all of the costs. So then he goes, well, I'm listening. My, my no points rates where he's paying his own costs is the same as Wells Fargo's buy down rate. And then if I give him the buy down rate, he's seeing things that are a quarter to a half a percent in interest rate lower than the phone call he just hung up on with one of the big banks. So if I give you those three options, now you see a few things. Number one is I'm attempting to be courteous of your time and fast, but also want to make you aware of a couple of options that are going to help you better to see the deal you're evaluating versus the deal that I have to show you. And then additionally, um, just going to get kind of a quick sense too of, I, I'm not going to waste your time, but I want you to know that there's these couple of options. It's up to you to tell me if you want to discuss those next. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of those, you know, those kind of conversations are out there and going around, um, you know, and so I, though that's, that's, that's great how you shop. Advice. Yeah. That's how you shop. This is how you shop. I just, in a relatively short period of time, I just taught you how to shop for a mortgage. That's how when you when you work at a mortgage company as a loan officer and you need to call your lock desk to figure out what what the pricing is on that program today, 
that's what the loan officer asks their lock do- or t- that's the information the loan officer gives their lock desk to get pricing. Right. It's those seven key factors. That's really all you need to do. You can have a quick conversation, get that quick rate quote you want. You can call five different companies to do your shopping and you you know and the other thing is when you're shopping rates, try to do it at the same time, you know, because rates change every day, sometimes throughout the day. And so you to try to compare apples to apples, you need to just block out, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes and just have those seven pieces of information and call your five companies or however many you want to call. And then you'll figure it out. Yep. And you know how to move forward. That's how you shop for a mortgage. Yeah, I'll usually tell people to um, get quotes from the people you want to get quotes from. And sometimes it takes you a couple of days or a couple of phone calls to get to the right people. But so now you've been talking to Jason at Central Coast Lending. You've been talking to Joe at Wells Fargo. You've been talking to Bob at the Mortgage House. And each one of us gave you a quote, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Well, everybody now has your info like written down or in their system somehow. So now you can go, okay, I'm going to make my decision today. But those quotes weren't all on the same day. I'm not comparing apples to apples. Jason quoted me before the Brexit. Bob quoted me after the Brexit. Those don't line up. Um, so, or before the jobs report or after the jobs report, these things move the market. So you could then real quick, you can call that day. Okay. I got your quote from Tuesday. Thank you. I'm just checking with the three of you today. What's your best deal today for my same parameters? Yeah, here you go. Here's the deal today. Now you compare apples to apples on the same day. You make your decision if you want to move forward or not. Companies don't reset their profit margin day to day. So they're all going to move relatively, right? So if you check them all on a Monday and the whole market gets worse by a quarter of a point in fee, in theory, everybody should get the same worse or the same better and sort of be moving in parallel with their different margins. So it's one of those things where once you sort of nail that down, now you're safe to go ahead and proceed with the company that, you know, A, has the good rate that is appealing to you, but also pick the person that's responsive and thorough and seems to be detail-oriented and interested in providing you things in writing because the quote process is um, kind of a, a quick insight to what your transaction is going to be like. Oh, I called you and I got your voicemail again, so uh, here's a voicemail. Or, you know, I asked you for these things and then it took you three hours to get them to me. Or, you know, you didn't call me back for two days. Any one of these kind of things like, well, you probably should expect that to be the norm during your loan transaction too. And, um, you know, that's a part I, I don't like to just totally labor and tell you about how terrible the loan process is. It's invasive. You're going to provide a lot of paperwork. Once you feel like you've provided everything you can, we're typically going to ask you for two or three more things, especially concerning the assets. If it's a purchase or a loan where you're bringing in your cash to close, you know, when the when the underwriter comes back and says, well, we see all your direct deposits for payroll, but then there's this $1,100 deposit from last month that we're going to need you to write a letter of explanation about and provide a copy of the check and kind of proof of what it was. So you're like, dude, are you kidding me? I don't want to have to do that. 
but that's a part of most every loan program. If you're bringing in money, they got to know where it's from and source the things that don't look like payroll deposits. And um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a obnoxious thing, but that's where the pendulum is swung to because we went through a decade of making loans to people that, you know, oh, you can fog a mirror. Yeah, here's your loan and your line of credit, by the way, going full circle with all those things we talked about. So you can run it up and buy that boat or whatever, a couple new flat screens. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult today than it used to be, but um, it's not too bad. It's just you got to walk it out. We were talking before the show about getting that paperwork together. Yeah. What do you need? On average transaction, if you come to me and you work for Sierra Vista, that's what I'm going to use. So I work at Sierra Vista. I'm a nurse. Okay, cool. I need your 30 days of paycheck stubs, two months of bank statements, all pages, nothing blacked out. You can't you can't redact your account number on it with a Sharpie. You got to give it to us completely. That fifth page that says intentionally left blank, yes, we need it because it's one of five, two of five, three of five, four of five. Where is five of five? The underwriter assumes five of five is where your million dollar loan is that you're, you know, purposefully withholding. Mm -hmm. We know it's the intentionally left blank ones. You threw that one in the trash can to save room in your file cabinet when you threw them all in the drawer. Anyway, month of pay stubs, two months worth of bank statements, all pages, nothing blacked out. Two years of taxes, two years of W-2s. That probably encapsulates it. If it's a refi, I want your mortgage statement from last month, copy of your homeowner's insurance. Now, anything else? Do you have anything else? Well, I have this pension from when I worked down in San Diego. Okay. I need 1099s for that, an award letter, you know, little kind of things here or there. But so tax returns, that's not that difficult. If you prepared taxes yourself, Quicken or TurboTax or whatever, you have a PDF on your computer already of your taxes. That's what we're asking for. Um, if you if, had them prepared by a CPA. I just tasked the CPA with that. Yeah. Hey. Email Can it to you this guy. Send my taxes to this guy. However, you need to. Um, insurance, like you need your homeowner's insurance, and maybe you own five houses. That could be obnoxious. Usually you're with one agent. Just call that agent up. Hey, can you send my guy the declarations page of these five, my five lines of insurance with you? Here's his email address. Paycheck stubs. Most of us are on direct deposit, and then we have a paycheck stub that either gets emailed to us or mailed to us. Um, paycheck stubs, that's an easy one. Just take a picture. You got, you have an iPhone 6 right there. The camera's better than the digital cameras we had in 2005. Take a picture of that thing and then just text it or email it over to me. That's fine. Or ask your employee, your HR department to email you a copy. Email PDF. Sure. Banks, we can log into the bank pretty easily and get a, a PDF of our bank statement. Um, and by the way, we give you, with our process, we give you a secure link to upload to because these are these personal informations we don't want just emailed right over the internet. So we always provide you a link to upload them to. Keeps your, your security at a maximum. Um, but anyways, it's not difficult to really get all those things. 
and and with DocuSign now, we're able to electronically sign disclosures or electronically sign a letter of explanation or whatever it is that's needed. So that makes it a lot easier. You used to have to print something, find a pen. <laughs> I don't know how your house is. It's really hard to find a pen in my house. Sign this thing. And now what do I do with it? I signed it. I'm in Paso. This guy wants it in slow. Well, you could take a picture of it. You could scan it. You could whatever. Or if we can give you an electronic signature, we can send you the document where you'll just click it to to sign it right there, and then you don't have to do anything. And then you get a fully executed copy, nice and yeah. clean, in your email for so you. So it, it's not terrible, but it's just about just just kind of walking that out. That that paperwork stuff. Um, I think every now and again we run into somebody that's horribly disorganized. <laughs> W-2s. After I file my taxes, I don't keep the W-2s. Whew, okay. You have to go back to your employer and find them. Well, can't you just get the number from my tax return? It's on there. No, we can't. You're going to have to get them. So, But it's one of those things where, you know, all you can really do, we know what's required. Just going to walk it out. Try to make it as simple as possible. Um there are those streamline opportunities too. You know what we were when talking about uh, FHA loans. We're doing some streamline refis right now for people that bought an FHA house a year ago, where you're you really can kind of just do. It's basically like a redo. You don't have to do a whole new credit report. You don't have to requalify with pay stubs if you're on the same job and you've made six payments. You can do one of these streamlined refis. You're not going to get any cash out, but you're just going to get a lower interest rate and payment um, to do a streamlined refi. And by the way, you can do those on USDA too. If you bought a home using USDA or VA or FHA, each of those have streamlined programs that are in place and pretty simple to do. Um, and... Otherwise, if you go with one of the conventional loans, you're pretty much doing a whole package over again, in spite of whatever that solicitation you got in the mail says. Uh, so, yeah, that's the spiel. Holy smokes, it's already 10.53. We don't have a wall clock here. We do. Well, we do. It's, it's just behind you. I can, you know what? Next week, I'll, have, I'll move it over to the counter. No, no, no. I like it up you there. You like it up it's there? It's good. Yeah. Oh, well, Jason can't see it. I just hurt my. Well, what does that matter, right? Well, I it just makes tried up for <laughs> years of me having to. Okay, you know. now you can look ahead. I just strained my neck though, so <laughs> if you have an accident report handy, to fill out. Maybe what yeah. we need is we need a mirror here so that he can. That's right. Yeah, just. I think by next week we'll have a little more studio stuff done. The it's, actual. It's okay. Room. I'll get used to it. Turns yeah. out, wanna, I think that's a nice wall for um, the mortgage matters promotional poster there it is you know that'll work that oh, that is a fantastic i idea. think so hey is dave congleton broadcasting from in this same in room? this studio i'm sitting in the chair he sits in yeah but you know like the country studio down the hall they've Kay got job. like you know the artist signed posters yeah, we can have, do our sign we're gonna have that stuff in here we're yeah. gonna have yeah we got kj i realize you're kind stuff. of kidding but i'm not <laughs> no That's no we're not we're not we're not kidding I at all this is poster with oh, yeah. the no, contact information for all of Dave's guests to yeah. just... We're not kidding. No. Yeah, that seems like a great uh, great use of wall space. Advertising opportunity awesome. for us. So, I think it would be a great use of wall space, actually, yes. Perfect. I'll, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So you guys like it in here, huh? I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's well, it's kind of a pleasant change. I was one over the second I walked in here and saw the wall behind me here. It's pretty nice. It's pretty cool. Just a wall of windows, and you can see um, the hills behind San Luis. It's very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plenty yeah. of parking. Yeah. That's a bit, it's a more spacious. We're not looking too, out on a cul-de-sac with a bunch of kids running by for the um, mm-hmm. gymnastics. Have you yeah. been missing the smell of the... Uh, the sewer? The sewer there in Slow? Not really. No. I <laughs> can't say I have. The other studio is pretty <laughs> close to the... Um, the sewage treatment The plant. solids ponds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to be doing good over here. Yeah, it's I'm looking cool. forward to it. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm glad they had us too because it probably would have been pretty simple to just shut it all down. But it's no. nice that American General likes having. They couldn't tell me a whole lot at the beginning of June because of the confidentiality and stuff. But I emailed them and they said, um, We like everything you do and we want to keep that. So that was a big way of saying, Well, you're not exactly over here, but. We're gonna do it. What's the current? So, what what is the full current Saturday programming? Is it just us and Motor Mouths right now? Right now, but they're looking at doing other stuff. They want to expand it. Add in a couple yes. more. Yeah, hey, they're really really into expanding that. That wants to to get in touch with probably even talk to you about it. Uh, right? You could get in touch with me. You can get in touch with Mark Tobin, who's the sales manager at Kathy. Have Marley. an 11 o'clock spot right after mortgage matters. There it is. To yeah. Talk about. Just, yeah. Even, even like your AE, you know, like uh, John Hansen, your AE, Judy Henning, who does the motor house, show. They know how to do those shows. So well, uh, there, if you want to do that, the yeah. other shows that I have been on in and around us for the, the run that we've been mm-hmm. on KVC, there's been um, like investment radio. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. that? There was Earth Talk Radio for a long time. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of about food and yeah. farming. 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 And mm-hmm. um, there was a wine show mm-hmm. that was there. on for a little while. There we had a health show for a little while after yeah. you guys. There was yeah. that gal that did like recipes and sports talk. Yeah, oh, yeah that's <laughs> right. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, sports, um, sports recipe. Sports recipe, I yeah. think, is what it was. Yeah, teach I did you that. how to make like a queso dip while yeah, she talking had a recipe, about yeah. the game on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Jennifer, remember her name? Jennifer. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it was cool. So seems like there's an opportunity there for is. more local businesses. They want to do that. And I'll say too. I mean, for everybody that is listening, if you're contemplating, it is a great way of advertising. It's a way. And this is how we hope that we're received by our listening public is this is this is an attempt to kind of let you guys see a a little slice of Mm -hmm. our resumes every week. But again, sort of over the test of time, what you're seeing is a bit of our character and our philosophies, the way that we think about things and solve problems and address issues. Uh, we're really hoping that the show comes off as more of a service and an attempt to make savvy consumers of you all versus just doing an infomercial. And we I think any business that works towards that end, this is a good a good platform for that message. We should mention that while the studio lines are staying the same and they'll have those back um, next weekend, um, the business line has changed so that if you are interested in doing one of these shows, you need to contact the business department at 781-2750, 781-2750. And you can talk to Mark Tobin, Judy Henning, 
Awesome. Um, any of those people, and they can hook you up um, with the details on how you could possibly do one of these shows. If you guys want to get some individualized help looking at your finances and exploring your mortgage opportunities, you can call us at the office this week, 543 Loan rings all of our offices, 543-5626, or check us out on the web at centralcoastlending.com. I'm going to be off for two weeks. What? Uh, Who approved that? Two weeks. I'm doing a little bit of traveling, a little bit of vacationing. Awesome. And so, yeah, I'll miss you guys dearly. By the time I come back here for my second visit to the new studio, you'll be old hat here at fourth show. 